welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl, and tonight I am joined by four <coughs> members of my firefighting family. I have Ash. Hello. I have Scott. Here. I have Todd. Hello. And we have Rob in the studio as well. Hello. And uh, tonight... You can almost say four idiots. <laughs> <laughs> well, two, I think. Isn't it? <laughs> we got. Um, we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking swift forward tonight. Um, but before we get into that, uh, we did want to touch on one of the promotional videos that we'll be dropping from Motus that the guys came out and shot with uh, with a few of us before. So, you guys, want to get into that? Thought about ask, dude. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we got sent over. Uh, the final cut, and we all got a chance to sit down and watch it together tonight before we, we hit uh, record, and uh, it's pretty impressive. Like, it's it's tough to say, you know, something that you're in, you're like, man, that is awesome, because you're in it, and da 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 but they did a phenomenal job of putting the video together. Um, I'm really excited to get it out to uh, the world uh, so people can see it. I, I know Modus is you know really really excited to share it. Um, and they've also shared some behind the scenes of uh, the next one that they're working on, which sounds really cool as well. <clears throat> and it's sort of a like fire and lifestyle, which is 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 uh, mm-hmm. really cool. Uh, it, the whole idea centers around firefighting, uh, but it's also what what that that lifestyle is outside of the hall. Um, Again, it was a blast to do. Uh, what they put together was phenomenal. Um, it makes a couple guys in a closet that do firefighting stuff. A couple idiots. A couple idiots. Quote. Direct quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they definitely made it look good. They did. Yeah, just the the videography stuff, the shots they took as well. It's just really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, yeah, good shout out to Modus. Thanks for that. That was uh, that's really good. It's exciting. Yeah, can't wait to share it with everyone. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it looked really good. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice drone shots. The guys did a fantastic job. Sure. It's going to be good to get in there. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. <coughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You'll definitely be the first people to know. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be past, plastered up everywhere as soon as we get it. Mm-hmm. Um, Swiftwater. So, myself, Rob, and seven, there was six. There was nine of us in total, right? With the two instructors. So. Yeah. There was uh, seven of us from the department went on a Swiftwater course this weekend. And uh, yeah, we were there Saturday and Sunday. And we were, me and Rob were both on a research, which we have to do every three years. And we had a few guys that were doing it for their first time. Yeah, we had a couple of our newer guys that haven't been in the water really that much for Swiftwater stuff. So they were keen to be involved and want to take part in our program so yep we got them certified and yeah yeah the uh scott because you've done it todd have you done yeah no just i've only done uh the last go around they they offered um oh, like awesome. a bit of a side course for the officers which i think is really good um like <clears throat> i'm not a swift water guy at all like i enjoy the water I, i'm not a strong swimmer i'm not a terrible one but I know my strengths. That's not it. Um, but I want to know what you guys are doing. Um, you know, we always say when it comes down to these specialized teams, uh, we can help control the overall <laughs> picture. But it's up to you guys as the team leaders in those specialized ops mm-hmm. to look after, like, 
the operation side of it. Um, so it's good for us to be, you know, still still be involved. Um, I would hope to see in years to come uh, that we keep building on that and bridge the people that you know are in leadership that aren't in the water swimming with you. Um, so at least we're still aware of what's going on. That came back to one of the questions <clears throat> in our course was the span of control. Um, yeah. It's good to have you and Scott to have some knowledge right. on yeah. what's <clears throat> going on yeah. in the water. Yeah. That way <clears throat> you guys aren't in the water, but you can have your control of the guys that are outside of the water, maybe That's doing right. upstream or downstream containment. Mm -hmm. And then there's us and technicians in the water that can have control over the guys doing rescue and that type of stuff. Right. So mm -hmm. I think you're the only officer that hasn't ever taken this with water. Yep. Right. Because like even Bob took it years ago when we first took some water. Um, yes, he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Because that's how we got money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my plan. <laughs> yeah, um, Bob and the and the ex chief they took this with water with a mm -hmm. bunch of us. Uh -huh. um, I'd taken it before a couple times. You know, obviously you, Jay, Warren. Yeah. yeah. I think this was my third go through. Right. Um. We so, and right now our river is running. Probably the highest I've seen in, in quite a few years. Very yeah. high. It's pretty high. Yeah. Um, pretty. Uh, there's a pretty good amount of debris coming through. Um, oh, Debris. Yeah. And debris. Um, <laughs> it's the what is it? Turbidity. Yeah. Tur right. Turbidity. Turbidity. Yeah. Turbidity. Um, so it's like very dark, very like kind of chocolatey. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. We ended up actually we were further up river where we could see bottom sea rocks. <clears throat> Further down after the bridge where we were playing Sunday, um, yeah, you couldn't see bottom. You couldn't see any any mm -hmm. right. materials. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But the other um, issue with the high water right now, too, is not only just the, the sheer volume and speed of it, but uh, a lot of those, uh, a lot of that debris that's normally just on the banks is now extra strainers yeah. in the water, too, Hidden, right? Yeah. Whereas we normally have quite few <laughs> identified areas that are strainers in the river as it is. But now even just doing that shore protection, some extra hidden dangers, right? Sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that was kind of our bigger our bigger talks there, just <clears throat> trying to swim as defensively as possible while you were in there. But um, you know, it, we got down. We so we have a we have a great deal of drop structures in our area, and that's kind of on our stretch of the river. That's always our biggest worry, and that is where we've had the calls been either on the drop structures or it's been on some small islands that we have where we've had people come through on floaties they get down to certain areas they get stranded on these islands and then we need to get across grab them and get them back and what's drop structure uh what is a drop structure so in this instance a drop structure would be where that water is coming through maybe under a bridge or area again just those drops in the river where we now have concrete bridges and stuff that are there for, so we've got right. that. that. They call yeah. them, yeah. They call them low head dams. That's, yeah, so, so it has a low head dam yeah. to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's uh, in every in every drop structure we have, there's one section where the low head dam stops, and then there's like the flush out zone or whatever they call it. I don't know. So, um, and that's where that big tongue of that river goes, but it's right in the middle. So if someone goes through the side, they end up getting hit. They end up hitting the low head dam and then getting getting recycled. Machine, yeah, yeah, getting washing machine done, and then maybe even flushed out. So, yeah, I think we have, like, I'd say 13, 13 or 14 Todd's fighting demons. He's <laughs> on me. The PTSD is kind of coming. There's a moth flying around. It's a moth. <laughs> it's bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you see it too, right? <laughs> yes, Tom. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know to eat one of those cookies. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I was feeling funny. Yeah, there you go. Um, but, yeah, but there's, I think, I think I counted at one point there was 13 drop structures on our in our section of the river, which that's a lot. That's a lot of uh, low head dams in one area. Um, yeah, so people get people decide to go in there and they get you know stuck and we've had guys in floaties like getting kind of recycled. Yeah, well, even good undertow that recycles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but even now with the high water, you may be going along. You may be on a little dinghy. It's cheap. It's thin, and you think, oh, you know, I can. There was some rapids back up there that were okay. I made it through there fine. This is a little bit more rough. I'm just going to ride through that, and. It's that's pretty dangerous right now too with that current that's underneath there. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. yeah. I've always said I never really respected the river until I did a swift water course. Yeah. Like you look at how many times, even younger, oh, yeah. floating down on floaties, <laughs> and then you get a little bit older, floating down floaties, drinking, and <laughs> get quite drunk, floating down these areas, and yeah, bouncing off of trees and strainers and stuff. You never yeah. think anything twice about it, but no. you do that first swift water course and you get put underwater, get. Yeah. stuck in one of those strainers and have to self-rescue, it's very humbling. It's very scary. But one of the big things we were talking about there was it, it might not just necessarily be somebody who's on the river piss ass and around. It could literally be just an old person piss or somebody around. with their dog, right? Yeah. You get close to the side because there was a whole bunch of dogs mm-hmm. in the water. People yeah, throwing was... sticks for their dogs in there sure. all the time while we were in there training. Hey, dog, give me the stick. Reach down, grab, pull, now grandma's in there. <laughs> or right yeah, and yeah. it's just that's it right so like they're dry, and it's so fast like it pulls you off and you're away yeah that's those slips trips falls they talk about or again somebody's dog goes in and they think it's in trouble yeah. i can swim in and rescue my dog absolutely yeah 100 percent. so let's uh we'll go over a couple of things that we we kind of went through there um so initially we had that we had some class stuff go through there's the online portion etc etc like three to six hours worth of written and videos and all the fun questionnaires and things you had to do once that was out of the way classroom time first thing on saturday and then uh that was where we we kind of went through the basics again yeah right? and being a research it refresher too because there's some things you don't think about and it's just good to have that reminder oh hey yeah you're right i need to think about that and oh yeah i forgot that yeah um yeah but good for the new guys to see some of that visual stuff that we drew out on the whiteboard and understand the terminology as well that maybe we're talking about not knowing what river left river right is and hand signals and whistle blasts and how to communicate when you're a couple hundred yards down the way or across the river and you can't yell and you can't understand because maybe there's you know fast moving water and it's noisy and so it's just good for them to understand that as well. Absolutely. <clears throat> I think the the first kind of initial portion there where we got and we had some fun was uh, they had these really cool props. So they had built, so as part of your course, there's, there's kind of a few, uh, I call them rites of passage. And last time we did it three years ago. Entrapments. Entrapments are kind of your rites of passage for yeah. Swift War. And they do not feel nice. They're not comfortable, especially not in fast flow or more. They're really not. So one of the the first, kind of the first way they start you off is the release of your PFD. So they tie a piece of rope around your PFD and they put it on the end of a stick and then they hold you under the water. 
and your job is it's kind of, it's a snagger, right? So that that piece of your PFD has been caught on a tree, a branch, or whatever, and uh, you need to now release your PFD. So under the water, panic conditions, the river's flowing really strong. It's really really difficult to keep your balance because your PFDs getting knocked around while you're under that water, and the, that river current is still pushing you, right? So you need to reach down and you need to remove your PFD. Well, if anyone's ever tried removing one of these PFDs, it's like a three and sometimes a four to five step process, depending on what kind of PFD you've got. Our, ours are like a three step. It's the it's the clip belt. It's the it's the actual pull from your your rip release, your 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 rip release, and then it's your zipper. And then you need to kind of flow your arm into your armpit of it, and then roll and twist because otherwise you get what's called butterflied. And we had a I couple did. of butterflies. Yeah, there, I did butterfly. You did the first yeah. time there. I had my arm in there, and then all of a sudden I didn't, and it was like stuck like this. And yeah, yeah, it don't feel good. It do not, especially <laughs> when all that water is crashing down on top of you. But those are the kind of situations, the oh shit moments, right? So that's the first one we do. And then uh, you want to talk about the, the leg? Yeah, one? sure. Like my first go through on the leg entrapment when I first took my first course was terrifying. It's like, oh my gosh, okay. And when we did it, I think we were in pretty fast, not fast moving, for our river, fast moving water. Um, and, but yeah. That one we that was a year few years ago. Yeah, I had, a, I had a, like a cut on my leg from the rope. <laughs> I had no feeling in my leg for a bit there, my foot because of the the circulation, the circulation there. Yeah. But you get a we were using some bale twine wrapped around the leg and then around that stick again, and you have to be able to reach up, grab your knife out, and cut that rope, that entrapment, to try and get yourself free. Uh, and I've done it a couple of times now that it was it was easier to move, grab my leg and walk up and and cut it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was panicking a couple of the newer guys a little bit there, and they did struggle a little bit and had to do it a couple of times to actually get it get it through and make the cut finally. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. definitely harder um, than it looks. Like it looks like oh, it's, you're just gonna roll out and take a knife and cut, but no, the, the the stuff you have to cut is at the end of your foot. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you're not flexible yeah. or, or can bend in that way, it's like it's actually a fair distance away. You, you can't like force. just yeah, you can't just easily yes. do a little sit up because you're you're getting <laughs> tossed around in the water, and sometimes you're upside down in the water. So you have to kind of do this weird like yoga jujitsu moves. <laughs> well, you could be suddenly shocked, and now you your last breath you took, and you're underwater. Yep. You're you're panicking. You're struggling. And two, what is it that you're entrapped around? For mm. for now, we knew it was a baler's twine, but yeah. is that a thicker mill rope or is it fishing, fishing line? Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe you got trapped in fishing line and now there's several strings that you have to cut through. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. You know what? I took, uh, years ago, I took a rescue diving course. I think I just mentioned this to you guys before. And then you were in that course, they wrapped me up on that. They wrapped us up on a fishing net. Yeah, like a burrito, and then they kick you over the edge, and you float down about thirty feet underwater, and then you're uh, then you got to cut yourself out. And one thing they uh, taught us was if you use a knife, it's like super hard because you like cut cut. So imagine like a fishing net. Um, you're on air, so at least you have that. But if you're really wrapped up there, it's gonna take forever. So we actually got uh, medical shears, uh-huh. and they zip right through uh, super fast on on the smaller uh, on nets and things like that. So um, so I always carried. Like in my, especially my 
my scuba, I always carried like uh, the the shears and a knife. Um, yeah, no, I don't think we, we don't really. I we carry a, like a seatbelt cutter now. I notice, and yeah. uh, you have to use that mat put on. So yeah, we it? know with our knives on our vests, they've got a double edged one's got a serrated, and then the double edge on both sides. Um, Josiah, he had the only knife I think there that was blunt on one side. And a few times when he grabbed his knife, I think he was trying to cut through with the blunt side. Yeah. And that's what was really Rather than struggling with him a couple of times there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he eventually got it with the with that knife on the sharp side. But, uh, yeah, that's one of those things. It, he was unfamiliar with that equipment. If it was our equipment, it would be all right. You'd be familiar with it. But, that again... That's a practice. You gotta get used to your equipment and how it operates. And hundred yeah. percent. I think the, the the big thing for that one as well is, you know, it, and like Scott was saying, and Rob, you said it too, right? Scott was saying it's tough because again, you've got these other factors. You were saying, yeah, I've now got a method because like I crunch down, I grab my leg, I walk myself up my leg. Yeah. There's a process that you need to run through because if you don't have that, you've got all of the weight of that river smashing yeah. against you. Yeah. Everything that you're wearing is there to keep you afloat. So that's fighting that current. So, you know, you're trying to do an ab crunch. Good luck against that force. So you literally need to kind of like do a, you need to do a squat. Like you need to bring your knees to your chest in your PFD and everything else you've got in the other layers and then reach down your leg and kind of reach and climb down your leg and get down there. And you've got a knife in your hand at the same time. Plus, you've got to find that wire and you're still trying to hold your breath during this. And it's, it's a little difficult because... You're on a loop, and you're around a pole that there's a guy trying to fight the current and you pulling on it. So it's moving a little bit, too. So you're getting a little bit of an advantage there. Yeah. Um, had it been a real situation, um, yeah, you're going to struggle a lot more. Yeah. I almost find those those little judders of when that <clears throat> pole was moving, I almost find those a little bit more challenging because it kind of jarred me a little bit. So as I'm going... You know, again, you've got that knife in one hand, you can't get a good grip of your leg to kind of climb down. And every time that that pole was shifting a bit, I was like kind of off my leg a little bit. And then you're still trying to fight, you're twisting in that current. It just gets more and more challenging. I almost forgot, too, that I had a knife in my hand. Well, that's the other thing, too, <laughs> right, right? That's the other thing yeah. is, of course, uh, <laughs> going back to Josiah, uh, when he finally cut his and came came up, he's got this knife in his hand, and the instructor's like, don't put your it. put your knife away. Put your knife away. Put your knife away. He's like, I did it. He's like, I did it. <laughs> Just waving this. Thing. Put your knife away. Oh yeah. <laughs> high five. High five. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. yeah I think in those, yeah, I, I remember doing it. It was uh, the PFD actually makes it harder in that case because it's mm-hmm. trying to stay, keep you afloat, but you're underwater, so it's it's mm-hmm. trying to bring you up, and it doesn't allow you to do what you need to do. And you're trying to reach down. Yeah. So you're you're trying to basically fight against this PFD mm-hmm. that's designed to keep you. Float. So in that case, mm. your equipment's actually kind of killing you at the, at the moment. That's one of the things we learned about our equipment, too, is we have some large vests. Because most of us are of larger size. Uh, sort of going muscle. back to Josiah again, he's a smaller guy. Thankfully, they were able to bring us, our instructors were able to bring a smaller vest yeah. um, that fits him better. But had it been a vest like ours, we went the week prior, we went to the local pool. And work with some of the guys just, and we practiced that leg cutting too. That larger vest we found it was actually slipping up past, up close to his above his head almost. And of course now your arms are restricted. He couldn't make that cut. 
struggled with that. So, yeah, proper gear. Proper gear. In this instance, I mean, in everything, but I can see this needs to be like very well fitted to the yeah. yeah. Except it's hard with us because we're again back to the volunteer thing. That's right. Um, everything has to fit good enough. Yeah. <laughs> like one says, fits most. Because um, we actually had the opposite end of the spectrum the other day when we were doing the awareness course. We had Earl, who's massive, mm-hmm. and Earl could barely get the vest up. He had everything mm-hmm. stretched as far yeah. as it can go, and he could barely get it done up. Mm-hmm. And it looked like a little like little kid's coat on him. <laughs> a big, big man in a little coat with that song. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <probably> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's like, there's that balance between like, yeah, we need proper equipment, but are we going to buy the one guy mm-hmm. like a $400... PFD mm-hmm. that he might use once in his life, sure. <laughs> and then he has to, and we have to have it on the truck special for him, yeah. or yeah. maybe he's just not a swimmer. Yeah. <laughs> so because there's I, and I, like I was telling the guys the other day, swimming or swift water is a lot like structured fire. There's only two or three guys actually putting with with the nozzle aiming it at the actual fire, putting it out. Um, everybody else is doing all the support work to allow those two or three people to do the firefighting mm-hmm. um there's not 20 guys in the water swimming <laughs> there's usually one or two actually doing the work inside the water everybody else is on the shore doing the shore-based work so. yeah. yeah so that was talking about the entrapment portion we were talking about props um so that's the entrapment portion we did have a couple of other entrapments that they had some uh, props for one was kind of just like a foot entrapment where we had to push ourselves mm-hmm. back up river right. to get our feet out. Then a nice prop for that. Uh, the other one was the log jam. That one's uh, always fun. When you're like, yeah. you're hanging yeah. over and you have to push yourself up, yeah. get your yeah. knees up on the log, and then walk off of it either side. And, never um, off and try not to get pushed underneath it. And and try yeah. 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 I, always go, I always go dolphin underneath it. And <laughs> so let's explain yeah. that a little bit there. So you're going down a river, your feet first, you're defensive, and you're coming up and you see a log. There's no way to avoid it. Obviously, that's your first step is go around if you can but there's no way getting past this. So you're going up against it. So there's two things that happen in this instance through your brain, or three actually. You either, one, you go, okay, can I dolphin dive over this? Where you basically go up to it head first, you swim as fast as you can towards it, and then you kind of kip yourself over it a little bit, like a dolphin kick, and then you you swim over it, like then it hits your chest, goes over your legs, and and away you go. If you can do that. Works great when it's a flat log. Absolutely. Not (laughs) so much when there's a whole bunch of branches and stuff stuck on the top. So again, there's that challenge. Or, number two, you go feet first, you land on it with your feet, and you have enough strength in your legs to be able to then stand on it, and then slowly walk your way, using your, staying completely stiff, mm-hmm. walk your way off to the edge of the log and kick yourself off and Which around. Which is super hard, because all yeah, that force really of the water is hammering yeah. you now from the shoulders and head. Yeah, and your knees are buckling. And... Yeah. Like we find with most logs that have been in the water for a long time, mm-hmm. the bark has gone in there slippery. Sure. Um, so you hit that thing square. Oh, it, it's, yeah. it's almost impossible to try and do that. It's speed, almost impossible. And most likely, what's going to end up happening, where I think Carl's getting to, is you're going to end up having your chest, your arms over top of this log. Your chest is going to be pushing up against that log, and your legs are going to be dangling underneath. Yeah. Um, and you're going to try and do everything you can to avoid slipping underneath. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what's under there. That's the big yeah. thing, right? Did, did you guys do any, I know we've, we've done this, I think we did it at practice, um, actually how to, like, just hooking your um, rescue, hooking your strap up and pulling up, getting yes. pulled off the log? 
And how little force actually takes to get pulled off the wall? Way easier yeah. to do Very that. little force. Way easier. <clears throat> if you have that, that backup as a secondary, yeah. be able to, to perform that action. Be tethered. Yeah. All day long, that is the easiest way to get Because, like, I, if I remember when we did it, we just, we had the guy tethered, and then we literally just did a simple vector pull, which is just pull yeah. off to the side, and it just yeah. pops the guy right off the log. No strength at all. We did do that for a couple of guys. We did find a problem, and I think we've corrected it for now, was that the carabiners that we have on our tethers are too big of a ring on there, or too big of an opening. And in one case, when you have the throw bag pull back through, Mm. the bag catches on the beaner, but with enough force, it actually slipped right through the Mm. the large portion of the the ring. Mm. And, and... Oh, this is, if, this is if the guy isn't tethered, so they throw a bag to him. You know, and he hooks yeah. him. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I think the, the, the one big thing with that as well is obviously you do not want to ever go under that log. Because mm-hmm. again, like you said, Rob, you don't know what's under there. And if it's right. a tree yeah. that's fallen, all of those branches are on the bottom. All the branches are on the top are also on the bottom. They're on the bottom <laughs> and they're waiting for you to get and all that's tangled up. That's why it's called a strainer. And that's yeah. why it's called a strainer. <laughs> and it, you know, like, it's a terrifying thing. So you yeah. think about it. You're now pinned up against a tree. And last time, actually, three years ago, we did it with a tree. Yeah. And underneath mm-hmm. was not nice either on that one. No. And we had to go above. But this, they had the prop. We couldn't find one to do it. So we used the prop in this instance. So, you, again, you've got that log against your chest. Your arms are over the top. And you are getting hammered from behind with that current constantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't have many options because, again, you're really trying not to go under. You can't, your legs in your flotation device or not are all getting pushed downstream underneath that log. And everything is trying to force you down. So yeah. your only option yeah. is to try and push yourself back up. And this is right. that confusing part for your brain because, you know, you think, oh, I'll just let go and go under. Or I will try and climb my way over the top. Trust, it's not happening. Yeah. So that was the, exhausting. I remember doing that, and that was the hardest thing all weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's brutal. Yeah, brutal. I remember when I was little. That's one of the things that, like, I, you know, I in the same river, not even high water, but just you know, we were floating down like you were talking, like little mm-hmm. kids on a dinghy floating down, come across a log in the stream. So my dinghy pushes up against the log, so I get out. Next thing I'm like, <laughs> and my like legs are pinned into this tree, and I don't know what to do. So I start getting like sucked under, and I went under. Like I went, and I got and I got flushed out because there's nothing underneath it. But yeah. now that I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. That was one time I almost died in the river, and the other time is I I got hit in this I got hit into a strainer and I got like pinned in there and I just happened to get flushed out at the last minute. So mm-hmm. yeah, lucky both times. Yeah, lucky both times. Sure. So Rob, do you want to talk through again? Like you, you partially touched on there. So what would you do? You got the log against your chest. So yeah, now you've got this under. log up against your chest. So you want to get your your hands up against that log and basically bench press it so that you can get it off your chest and then try and get your knees or your feet if you can up against that log and tr- basically stand on this log underwater and then try and get up and walk your way or even if you can if you can get your arm up to try and angle your body to push use that current to push off either side of that that log and get yourself free and clear from that. It's like trying to stand up with a 200-pound guy on your back. It really is. <laughs> yeah. right. It really, really is. Because, yeah, and then like Rob said there, you do that bench press, and then you, you tuck in one knee, you tuck in the other knee, and at this point, Water your is- head, like, you need to stay <laughs> completely straight, because otherwise, as soon as you put a bend in, you're giving that river more force, and it's just going to push your head forward, and then you lose your legs, and you're back under again. Yeah. So you got to keep completely straight, and that feels <laughs> weird, because mm-hmm. now... 
you've got this wave of water that's coming over the top of your head. And that's with a helmet. We're lucky because we've got the peaks. So as that force hits you, that peak creates that volume disbursement. So it just you've got a little air pocket to breathe in. Mm. But without that, that is coming all in your face. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to deal with that. I actually found right? a few Who's guys. Who's like so far? Yeah. <laughs> None of this no, is a was... I can't wait to go. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> we actually found a few guys that uh, in the past couple of years that we've done it, that if you can angle yourself under the water yeah, and push thing. yourself back up and end up with your head up out of the water after that. Yeah, you kind of do like a banana under the water. <laughs> yeah. and yeah. pop up. It, yeah. That worked well for yeah. a few guys, yeah. too. So that's actually what Jay did yeah. initially, though. So yeah. Jay did. So once you've done that again, yeah, then you're you're up, you're vertical, your feet are back on that log, you're in a position where that water's still hitting you, but you're straight, and then you need to pick again. You need to already know your direction that you're going to be going in. Are you going to start walking off to the right or the left? Whatever way gets you around that log and away again from strainers and things like that. Um, it's, it's one of those kind of real big key pieces for swift water that just sucks. Yeah, It yeah. sucks. It's brutal. It's hard work. And you don't realize, like you said, Todd, like you don't realize how tiring that is mentally and physically until you've you've done it. I think I probably almost just waited out until, like, waited out for a few minutes to see if someone can throw me a rope. Yeah. Because really, when you're on the tree, it's not really that hard on you. Like, you're just kind of sitting there and you're like, this is not bad. <coughs> and then you start doing the push. You're like, oh, okay. But when you're sitting there, I don't yeah. know. I don't really feel like I'm getting drained. It's, it's like I'm just kind of sitting there just chilling out. But, you know, obviously the drill is you want to push yourself mm-hmm. off. And some part of me is like, I'm just going to wait until someone throws me a rope. Because <laughs> I know that other way works. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to hang up. I mean, obviously we can't just do that forever. Yeah. But um, sometimes that's a move. Just, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. hold yeah. hold position. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And the only other way of getting off that log that we went through was you have the swimmer Can't coming tell? from the... Yeah. <laughs> 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 you have the swimmer coming from the front. And the person's on the oh, log, yeah. they grab your PFD, right? They put their legs on you, and then they kind of push your legs <laughs> under, under and pull <laughs> oh, you, you on okay. top of them, right? So, like, so you're back, it, like you're almost doing the opposite of what... Exactly, yeah. right? So you're just like, you put your feet on them, and then you just pull and push. And, and pull them over the top. Then it just like went... But yeah, that's another. That was another really, really fun one to do. But again, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty brutal. But they had some nice scenario, uh, some nice props for that. So we might want to. Yeah. It was they're, really they're so. All it was was a couple of uh, aluminum pipe posts right. and a four inch PVC pipe right. holes drilled in the end, and you just shove them in there. Right. And mm. they drilled holes in the aluminum so that you can adjust the height depending on. Uh, where they touch bottom. So you use the berry bars for that? Yeah, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> it's really, yeah. it's they might be a little really heavy for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But still, like they were they were some pretty cool little props. Yeah. <clears throat> and then we just ran some scenario stuff. Yeah, we did some wading into the water, creating uh, either a single or two-person eddy, mm-hmm. uh, a big V eddy with like yeah. all of us um, out to a person in the water. Uh, we did the... We showed them, I don't think they saw, but we showed them the wading out, creating a stretcher, basically, and putting somebody on top of our arms right, and wading across. Because yeah. I don't know that they've seen that. or thought well, the arm interlock yeah. 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 yeah, the arm interlock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, we did. did that. That's super hard, too. Like, well, all those maneuvers are hard. Because you're supposed to be moving as one unit, but the fucking rocks are so slippery. 
and you're scooching along and you're falling into each other and it's really challenging. So with that one, uh, I ended up being in charge of that and we had enough people that I, as the leader of that, was at the um, downstream end of the, the group. So there was an eddy there and just communicated. We all would say step, step. Mm-hmm. And everybody would would move a step until we got to the edge. If I remember correctly, did they have you guys like your your biggest guys at the front? Your, yes, and right? that's what we tried yeah, to do as well. Then, yeah, yeah, and then we did that uh, eight man, nine man V, mm-hmm. uh, and we put our smallest guy, who ends up being Josiah, at the back because right. now we've got that huge eddy that he can make contact with the patients right. and grab them, bring them in, into that eddy, and then we can start vectoring back over. Right. Yeah. So that eddy thing, just a quick touch on that, that's, you're basically creating, yeah, you, you, it's like a V, picture like an arrow pointing upstream. So as that current hits you, the, the front guy's there, then you've got two guys behind him, then you've got three guys behind him, so you've got this pyramid and all of you are just trying to withstand the force of that water. You can't do it in really deep the stuff. Fred does get hammered. Absolutely. Fred guy, just yeah. getting painted. And normally he's got another bar or something that yeah. he can then displace his weight onto. So he's always mm. got two points of contact. And that's the biggest thing. Mm. You need that bar because as soon as you lift your, your leg, that leg's getting taken by the yeah. current and it's, it's going off, right? So you need that third point of contact. You use the bar, step. Okay, lift the other leg, step, mm-hmm. and that guy at the front as well is also leading that too, yeah. like you were saying there with, with that rope. And then as that water hits you, it creates a really nice, what, what's called an eddy, and it's basically just this pocket of very little current right behind you, or right behind that V, and you can use that to park it kind of in front of your patient or an entrapped patient. Again, we know the biggest problem with swift water or any kind of high rivers or river stuff is you put your feet down, it gets stuck, and that's pretty much where you're going to drain. So doing that, we, we could work our way over to the patient whose leg was stuck. And then our, our smaller guy, once detached the detached the area where the leg was stuck, could then grab that patient and we could then use that to get back to I think like they said too, even waiting or going in with a rope, those are high risk um, maneuvers because if you're going in as a group and all of a sudden one of your guys gets a bad footing and goes down, you'll... The rest of the team is going down too. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, yeah. yeah, those are high risk maneuvers. Those are like not last resort, but yeah, it was, like, it was one of the last things on the scale, right? You call to them, you reach, you throw, you, and then then, then, then you there's go. a yeah. varieties of going. Throw, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it. Um, I was watching you guys because uh, I, I wasn't taking part, so I was trying to get pictures on the shore, which didn't work out because you guys are on the river across the river usually, and I was <laughs> on the other side of the shore. Um, but I was watching when you guys were doing the eddy swims into the um, into the abutment there, mm-hmm. yeah, the abutment um, by the bridge, and uh, it's funny because there's people because we were at the community park, so people walking by, oh look at that, and it's interesting to hear people that don't know what the hell's going on, and how they don't understand anything about the river, because uh, there was a mother with her two kids there. And, She's like, oh, see? And then you guys are doing the defensive swim, which is essentially you're, you're basically floating on your back, your feet up, and you're kind of like, you're doing like, almost like a, is that like a backstroke kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, like it was kind of <laughs> Yeah, like a really slow backstroke you're trying to get in maneuver. And she's like, oh, see, it's not that bad. They're just gen- See, those guys are just gently swimming. And then as you guys get near the abutment, 
you flip over and then you like combat swim into the eddy. Yeah. And she's like, oh, see, they're trying to avoid the, they're trying to avoid that. Oh, that guy didn't make it. He, he, he got sucked into the back of the, and I'm listening to her. And finally, I'm like, all right. <laughs> I was going to be like, listen. No, I was like, I was like, actually, they're trying to swim into the eddy. And she's like, the what? I'm like, that's called an eddy. I said, they're actually trying to get into there because it, it's a much, uh, um, slower moving, slower moving yeah. water. And I said, if you can get in there, uh, I said, and I think it was you actually. Oh, and it's like yeah. See, you just tucked right in, and you were kind of yeah. You kissed the thing. I did kiss it. I did kiss the pole. I kissed the concrete. Yeah. So yeah, and so it was actually good because trying to explain to them like what you guys are doing, um, rather than just because it looks like you guys are trying to avoid the that cement and you didn't make it, and then now you're stuck behind the cement pole, but you're actually trying to get in there to get into the eddy. Yeah. yeah, I think there was a time I went down the second time, and I think Mike was behind me, and we both ended up side by side and behind there, yeah. and then it was a little tight quarters, and yeah. we tried to move around to the second one, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I like, once you get into that eddy, like you're fighting to get into it, once you're into it, it's a it's a slow crawl, you, have, you don't have any work to do to stay in there too, mm-hmm. it was just nice and easy strokes. Yeah. That they were tougher too because they were those those uh, those pillars there are actually made so that there are no hang ups they're rounded yeah they're rounded so, so yeah. trying to create that that eddy's really small so if you yeah. miss that arm stroke for the roll you're gone like you you get very very little time to yeah. make it in there so getting in there and and holding there is it's a tough yeah thing you're almost rolling do. over when you hit the concrete <clears throat> and then tucking in behind it and paddling away yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of the initial portion. Then after that, we just went back into kind of the rope side of things, um, just you know tethering and and uh, working off of lines and you know, the dangers of working off of lines. And obviously, yeah, I remember uh, we were training, we we're doing a bunch of throw bag work and just kind of uh, swinging each other into the shore and stuff. And I think I was only in probably eight inches to a foot of water, and uh, I reached my arm back to grab the rope. And it latched, it looped around my thumb. Okay. And I was fucking caught. Okay. I was stuck there with my thumb wrapped in the throwback rope. And I actually had to pull out my knife and cut the throwback rope. I had Jeez. no way of getting out. Yeah. I tried everything else that we were taught. Couldn't do it. I had to pull the knife out and <laughs> cut it because I was drowning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's how quick, like, it that's how quick it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what there's, and that's why, like, like Scott said, like you, you have to go through that. Okay, communicate. Is the person going to get out on their own? Can I get them out on their own? Can I talk them into getting out on their own? Is it safe for them to do that? Mm-hmm. Do that first. Can I reach them? No. Okay, maybe that's not an option now. Now we need to go to the throwback. Can I get my throwback something to them? Can I get anything to them? Okay, no, no. Right now we need to start thinking about how are we going to get into the war. Water rescue is uh, so far is definitely the most dangerous. I think the most dangerous rescue we can do because mm-hmm. um, it's relentless. Like you can't just like, oh, time out. I'm gonna shut this off. Like even like even a high angle rescue, which we don't do here, but we you know we all kind of seen high angle rescue or probably dabbled in a little bit. Um, even there, you can usually find a ledge and just kind of chill out. And swift water, if you, it's hard to find anything there's to chill no out. Chill out time. There's no really, yeah. there's not a lot of chill out time <laughs> unless you're stuck yeah. on something. Yeah, you're thinking <laughs> or you're about, on, or you're actually on shore somewhere, or yeah. on a. Like, like, we're talking about plan A, plan B, plan C. I mean, if you're in plan C you and you're in the water and there's no, there's no, okay, I can come back around and try that again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's once, once you've made the decision to go in, you better make sure plan A is really, really good. 
because you will be fighting yourself, yeah. even as a good swimmer, mm-hmm. even knowing all the stuff you know. Like we, so once the course portions were done and we went through all the the stuff we had to, of course, in typical Oliver fashion, we wanted to get into the rougher waters. <laughs> we wanted to have a little bit more fun, and Matt, luckily. Um, is very good at leading that charge. So we ended up getting in right under the bridge and kind of doing some, there were some cannonballs. I mean, there were some nice swims we did right into the deep rapids and swimming across. But even during that portion, you're doing it. And it's like, I'm doing this for fun, but there's some moments in there where you're yeah. taking those breaths and going, Ooh, that was a close one. <laughs> Ooh, I can feel that. Right. Like, and then you're turning and you're really swimming and you're giving everything you've got and you're in there for maybe two minutes. Right. But that two minutes is an absolute body drain of a fight mm-hmm. because you're using every piece of your body to try and do something to get you in the position you need to be because otherwise if you're not there, you're going to be in a problem real quick because there's still real hazards in that river sure that you is. need to move out of the way of. I mean, even if it's fun, it's still really, that's like solid training. It's fun, but it's solid training. It also, mm-hmm. 100%. Like it, when we talk about recognizing when to catch your breath, when you've got the, the V's and then you come back up. <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to hear that. <laughs> right? <laughs> like you jump in and all of a sudden you're down, you're halfway down already mm-hmm. and you've only had a breath before you jumped in and then you're trying to recognize when do I, when can I get another breath of air? Yeah. Um, those are good things to go through there. It's kind of a safe, safe-ish environment. Safe. Yeah, you can learn that. Yeah. We turned it into a game, or Matt turned it into a game. <laughs> the game was we all lined up on one side of the bridge. We had to get to the other side of the river, and whoever got to the other side of the river the fastest and the highest up right. won, right? So I got second. Matt was first. And then we had Steve Lee, actually, who got in. And Steve Lee, I made a joke. Steve Lee's really tall. He's uh, he's like kind of kind of beanie. And uh, really thin, <laughs> kind of beanie, like, but he's really thin. And I was, it's just like a, I said, he looked like a tennis ball, like his, his glow in the glowing helmet, he looked like a tennis ball on a stick. He, he went down in and he's, he's one of our best swimmers. He's one of our good, he knows Swift War. He got caught, he got dragged onto the same side of the river and he had to get out and come back around and go back in again because that's how quick and easy it is. Yeah, just if you're very angled off a little bit, it, yeah. it's so hard to get that swimming correct. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. It was fun. Like, we were watching Mike. Mike's, a, he's a strong guy. He's, you know, he's, he's a physical guy. He swam and swam and swam, and then he got hung up on a boil in the water, and he was just popping there, and he thought he was going somewhere, and he just wasn't, and it kept him on the other side, and he was halfway in the center again, and I got kicked off the way. So it just, it's, it's really tough. It's a yeah. fight throughout the whole thing. It's a lot of fun. It is hard work, but I'm glad. I'm glad we went in mm-hmm. and got in and got after it. You guys didn't get a chance to do a tension diagonal in the river. No. Too much debris. There was debris, debris coming down everywhere. still. You know, we're high water. There's risks of flooding places. And, of course, our bridge has a log jam on it yeah. partially. And yeah. so... All of our bridges have <laughs> Yeah. Bridge yeah. So there's bits of larger trees coming down and branches here and there. Yeah. Um, I, I think we probably could have done a tension diagonal. Got away with it, even with the debris. I mean, we're going to have to worry about debris on an actual rescue uh, or in training. Uh, yeah. yeah, it would be good just because the guys that haven't physically done a tension diagonal. So, <clears throat> the reason why I brought it up, we should probably explain what that is. So, mm-hmm. um, basically, it's 
it's an ability to do a rescue, and it, we usually, we typically, like we were talking about this the other day, it's, it's typically for when there's more than one person to be rescued, because it's going to be a long, it's a longer thing to set up, but once it's set up, it makes for, um, like we've rescued seven people before, um, I think we've, a few, yeah, we've rescued a number of people with intention mm-hmm. diagonal, because we have these little weird little, ri- uh, weird little islands in our rivers, and that's usually where the, the floaties get hung up, they, they usually hit the head of the island. And then they get hammered, and then they get tossed around a little bit, and they usually get flushed out, but they end up on this little, these little islands, and they're sitting there. And they have no floating anymore, and now they're scared, and they do not want to get back in the water. And it's, you know, right now it's ripping. I'm like, kind of worried about this weekend, weekend coming out, because it's going to get hot, mm-hmm. and then people are going to be like, oh, I'm going to go for a nice little leisurely float down our river. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what attention diagonal is, um, it's a way to, it's kind of like a zip line in the water. It's a water zip line. Yeah, it's a water zip line. Mm-hmm. It's a rope on um, 45. Yeah, so, and the reason why we have to do it on an, on an angle is because if you go straight across and the river, the river is going to hit the rope dead on. So basically, if you try to go, if you try to do a zip line across using the water as your sort of your gravity, I guess, um, you end up right in the middle. <laughs> it usually V's you. Now you're bigger. Yeah. Yeah. V's or use your lines. So now you're sitting in that, getting just hammered in, the, in in this middle of the river, and you just have to blow yourself out and, and swim back to shore. Even if your angle is off a little bit, or you don't have enough tension on that rope, yeah. it's going to do the same thing. You've got that force of you in the water tethered off of that rope. As soon as you reach the point where it, there's no more uh, penduluming across, mm-hmm. it the river current catches you. And now you're pulling that and making that V in the yeah. So we do a pretty steep um, angle um, out. So it, it, it entails one person, one or two, having to swim this line across. So that's always the hard part. Um, that's usually where we get our... And we used to send one of our best swimmers across. Thought it's so funny, demons are right. <laughs> um, we, we used to send one of our best swimmers across, but when we realized, and we were kind of explaining this, like if you send your best swimmer across and he can't make it, he's probably going to make it pretty damn near the shore, but he's got a line attached to him, and that's a lot of drag. So he, if he misses, there goes your plan A, and then he blows out, he has to come back around. Now, he, now your best swimmer is tired. So in recent years, what we started doing is we send our best swimmer across, or maybe even our second best swimmer across, He's probably going to make it because he's not tethered. He comes across. He has a throw bag attached to him. He yeah. swims across, gets to the opposite shore. Now he waits. And then the other person, the best swimmer, comes across now with the tether attached to him. And if he misses, they toss the... <laughs> Todd's demons now. Um, they they uh, throw the throw bag to him, and he, um, and, and he gets pulled to shore. Yeah. And then now they can set up this line. And, yeah. yeah. So yeah. basically you do a upstream and a downstream... Uh, on an angle, two ten, and they tension it with a Z rig, right? Yeah, yeah, we did um, three to one. Yeah. yeah, we we set it up in the hall, dry land, uh, and just did a simulation in the in the hall. Yeah. Unfortunately, again, we didn't get to set it up out in the real real world. I'd be curious to see with that flow of that river how fast you guys would go across. I think pretty quick. I think it'd be a zip line would be zipping. <laughs> you'd be as soon as, even just while you were in there and you change your ferry angle, like yeah. you change it and you, there was massive distance almost mm-hmm. instantly. I think if you were to say, hey, Matt, <laughs> yeah, we're going to go set this up any time of day, he'd be there. 100%. Um, but, That's a fun yeah. scenario, too. Right? Just because it's. It's like a ride. As soon as you yeah. get that swimmer across, like the next ones, just clip in and woo, away you go. And sure. 
grab somebody and take them back. The uh, the one takeaway I got from this weekend too, we were talking about more of the command side of stuff with the instructor um, about um, you know the different roles of each person in the group. You know, upstream containment, downstream containment. Who's going to be your, uh, who's going to be making contact with your patient? The one thing I didn't think of, and they made up a good point. And of course, as we went up and down our, our river channel, um, we went in our bush truck and our side by side. We didn't talk about, and I, or we don't do enough of, I think, is further downstream containment, where maybe there were more than the people on that island or entrapped that maybe ended up further down and recognizing, okay, maybe throwing a couple of guys in the side by side and making a 15 minute cruise down because that person kicked out and now they're a couple kilometers down the river. Right. Um, right. And so that was one of the things I took away too, is just recognizing that Kate, it took us a few minutes to get on scene. We may have driven, by already that person, that second person that was in the water. Um, yeah, because you know, I took, you know I took advantage of this weekend because I was trying to find you guys on the river at one point, mm-hmm. and it's actually a good thing to know as uh, um, the resources of people because our river is on a hike and bike trail. So there's you know people are walking, walking their dog, people are on bikes. So I was trying to find you guys on the river. So I was like, I had no idea where you were. So I I kind of figured. With probably within a ten kilometer radius where you guys were, so I went to one end of the bridge, and I walk and I walk down. I see these two two older people on bikes. I say, "Hey, you guys see some firefighters?" Yeah, they're like closer to town. I'm like, "Okay, so I find another checking point, get off, see see some other people coming." Hey, you guys see some firefighters? Yeah, they're back there at that way about you know X number of kilometers. I go to the next point. Boom. Oh yeah, they're up. So now I'm like triangulating and I'm finding you. <laughs> But uh, knowing that, too, that's a, a good resource to have, um, you know, going back to what you just said, you know, yeah, even asking people, hey, did you see anybody else floating? Do you, uh, yeah. Is it, yeah, have you seen any other, uh, do you see a dinghy float by with nobody on it? You know, because people, especially old people, <laughs> old people are pretty they nosy. See it. <laughs> you know, for sure. I, I, you know, another awesome. key <laughs> thing would be is in our bush truck or our side-by-side. A drone? Well, yes. Sure. Yes. <laughs> yes but there should be. If we're if we're like okay, we got our river rescue, we grab our side by side and river gear and make a quick beeline out there. We may already be trying to make patient contact. Maybe we've left our radio in the truck and we're not being able to communicate or give good direction as to where we are. And we've got our IM responding. Even if we leave our phone drop in the side by side and drop the validate the location, that will help to pinpoint. Yeah. As well, so it's another resource. Sure. Yep. Yeah. So you just call for mutual aid, and we'll pick them up in the lake. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they finish through your Tell river. They're coming to you. <laughs> you know, it was interesting. Actually, it was th- we were talking about the different levels of patients that we may come in contact with from mm-hmm. uh, responsive, unresponsive. Uh, that uh, um, I can't remember all the terms. I think it was ca- counter panic. Counter right? panic. That panic. was an interesting one. Um, you know, the ones that go basically comatose don't hear you don't see you um and it made me think of the river rescue we did last year where the guy drove into the river and that was Mm -hmm. one of those patient profiles that's what we Mm -hmm. call it patient profiles was that that guy not comatose but the guy was he was not answering questions he wasn't talking to you he was like in that state of where he doesn't want to be rescued 
Um, and your dog. You had and yeah, I had the dog. So it was going to talk to you, Rob. No, it wasn't going to talk. Wasn't that rude? It was a dog. But, yeah, okay. But in it, as Careful, one of the other chasing months. <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah, the, the patient profiling yeah. as to what you're dealing with too was mm, sure. was good to talk about too. Yeah, yeah, because that yeah. one was was intentional. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, back to rescue diver stuff. Remember, like we were always taught that. Know if somebody is actually fighting you physically, you essentially drown them. Yeah, you, you <laughs> drown them or drill them in the face, get them away from yeah. you, so you both don't become uh, patients. And you know, and I always say the unconscious patient is a lot easier to deal with. Yeah, yeah. they actually mentioned that in the course too. Yeah. Right? They said when you're going to get in these situations, obviously the combative patient, they're going to just they're, they. What did he call them? I think he called them um, air hogs. Because they're just, that's all they want. They just want a yeah. gasp of air, right? So they're yeah. just going to grab you and push, push on you down, yeah. to try and lift their head up a little bit further. And he said, the first thing you do, if you ever kind of, if you can see they're probably going to be combative as you go up, just splash water in their face. Because they're gasping yeah. for air. They're not going to like that. And then that's probably going to give you the opportunity to come around and yeah. grab that that back and, uh, you know, yeah. get get a hold yeah. of them at least under the arms. But, yeah. You yeah, get, Matt, yeah Matt, when Matt does scenarios, he's always, always. a bad guy. Yes. Always. So I just take, I just come right in and just hammer it, boom, yeah. <laughs> sink him right away. Yeah. That's the right move with that. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, one of the, one of the things I um, I liked a lot actually was the fact that all these people, as they were walking by, they were just mm-hmm. they were so they were just like, thank you all so much mm-hmm. for right. doing this and doing it at a time while the river's so high. She's right. like, we can, and there was a whole there was. Probably yeah. 10, 15, 20 people over the weekend. Yeah. They just stopped and said, thank you guys so much. We can see it's dangerous. Like, we really appreciate you guys doing this. This is right. this is really great. Yeah. You know? And one guy who really didn't cool. appreciate you very much. No. Which? <laughs> one guy who one guy did one guy. his opinion. Yeah. 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 But he was also like three yeah. beers in and walking in the room yeah, with a cannon in his hands. He's allowed his opinion yeah. and we just ignored him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, really... see, we we're going to have a live patient in the river. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you doing right now? It was fun. It was a lot of fun. There was a lot a lot to be learned. Um, and doing it in the, the doing it at this time of year when the water is as high as it is really opened some eyes on what that river can do and right. what we can do in that river. And mm-hmm. then, you know, one of the big, the big takeaways for me was there are going to be situations where it's going to be a no-go. Like uh-huh. this, we cannot uh-huh. do that, and we need more resources. If and depending on the situation, it might be a tough one, and sure. we might just have to get to that point where it's like, hey man, like we can't get in there. This is not safe for our guys. Uh-huh. The situation upstream, downstream is just not yeah. where we want to be. Who do we need to now call to get in uh-huh. to get this this squared away? So, and you know that's a really hard hard call to make. Um, you know, we always chat about that if you're talking structure fire. I mean, you can read smoke, you can see what kind of structure you're dealing with and what, mm-hmm. what's happening. Um, that's a confined you know, structure. And you can still make efforts from the outside of the building. Yeah. On a river, other than a throw bag, like, you can't make a lot, of, a lot of efforts from the outside of the river. So that would be a very tough, tough call for the team and for the IC mm-hmm. uh, to say, hey, this is going to be a no-go for us at the moment we need added you know some additional resources or whatever uh you know prior to sending a team in um it's, it's just different but yeah it's the same <laughs> scott's favorite term go or no go 
Yep. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's probably just done the default go. <laughs> Well, it's always a go. Until yeah. it's, it's always not. Go until it's not. Well, and <laughs> I mean that's kind of why we started with this with block stuff. If we're getting called to these events, we remember back, and we, I'm going to throw it out here. Sar gets called for it, and Sar takes forever to mobilize, mm-hmm. and well, we can be out there in mm-hmm. moments. Yeah, and that's yeah. one of the reasons why we uh, we started the program. Yeah, sure. Like they've got a lot, a lot of highly skilled people. Absolutely. It's just but unfortunately for that particular Do you want a river rescue or event, a river recovery? Is and sometimes it comes down to that, right? Yeah. Like when there is time, um, our response is phenomenal Yeah. because of the way that our system's built. That's right. Their response is substantially slower because of their system. Mm-hmm. And you've said this a thousand yeah, times. Because you were in it before too, I, right? So you've been I, through you know, it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And like, there is no fault. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing and they're doing something wrong. It's just that's the way that their system is built. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. And you, you said like they're, they're highly trained in it as well. It's just sure it's, the are. system is mm-hmm. faults it for their response time for that particular event. Yeah. Not that it's our protocol or our SOG to do, but we do courtesy call them when we know it's a river rescue. Yeah. Sure. And if it does end up being that high, uh, risk rescue where we mm-hmm. determine it's a no-go at least they're mobilized rather than yeah, us sure. getting on scene oh it's a no-go can you get kasar here right so yeah, then you can integrate <clears throat> and build your action yeah because they, yeah. they have they have some tools that we don't have yep. um and then just some more you know additional skilled swimmers that can go in there um you know especially like like we say if it's a bit more of a technical rescue or if there's multiple patients um, you know, getting them involved early uh, is never a bad thing because mm-hmm. again, it comes down to, I mean, we're on scene in minutes. If we wait till we're there, and it comes down to everything that we do, and it's oh, I'm just gonna go check this out, and then we'll see what see what we have. Like fuck that. Like let's yeah. let's get, get, get let's started. get this let's, let's get shit rolling. And you know what? We get stood down. They get stood down more often than you would like. But I would mm-hmm. rather get stood down halfway somewhere. They yeah. get all the way there and wish I had resources coming. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. And we've talked about that a lot in the past for a lot of scenarios, whether it's been yeah. um, extrication calls, rescue calls, yeah. way yeah. up. In, well, yeah, just recently, yeah. 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 And, um, and also just even like our, our MCI conversations and things like that, just mm-hmm. calling resources in. Because in our area, our resources come from so far away. It takes a long time. Yeah. So if you don't make those calls early, mm-hmm. you're waiting even longer. It's just going to... Sure. Yeah, we've really gotten away from the whole, uh, well, let's go send an officer to go check it out first. Because there, sure there was a time, mm-hmm. not that long ago, yep. that was actually fair amount, fair amount of years ago now, but mm-hmm. where it was always the officer would go check it out. Unless it was obvious, like, we could see smoke light in the air. Yeah. But the officer would go check it out, and then they need to update. And, ah, I might need a truck. I don't know. Um, and it always goes back to when, long before any of us were on the department, back when, remember when they used to have the taxi company out of the department all oh, right yeah <laughs> so there's a story back in the old days like long before pagers and long before like where, where the siren was the only thing that would call people and but um the uh, taxi company was also in the, in the hall so there was you know the taxi guys on 24 7 so he would answer the phone because there was no 911 <laughs> system so he'd answer the phone and he would actually go drive out to the scene and check it out and oh it is a fire then he'd drive back and hit the siren. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, there, the story is the the chief at the time 
He said, if I see a fucking taxi at my house before I see a fucking fire truck, someone's going to die. <laughs> then it stopped. <laughs> that's a fair point. So that's yeah. <laughs> but like Scott said, we have gotten so far away from that. Yeah. Um, you know, we are not shy to call mutual aid. Uh, we're not shy to call SAR or whoever it might need to be forestry. It doesn't matter. Like going back to, um, we had one grass fire, wildfire, right on the verge of your guys' uh, area, Todd. And we're given the update and it's getting further out of our, like it's getting higher up the mountainside, which is then going to come on the backside of your guys' area. We had no means of getting to it. And uh, I'm on the line with dispatch and uh, I'm asking for forestry to assist. And they're like, what do you need? Do you need ground crew? Do you need air? I'm like, looking at this thing, I'm like, we're early in the season, we don't have mobilized air yet. Like, they're in the area, but they're not in town. Mm -hmm. So they're coming out of Penticton, maybe. Um, it's additional time time away, and, you know, immediately I'm like, ah, like, do I really want to ask for air support for this? Well, if I'm thinking about maybe, the answer is yes. Yeah. So I said yes, and, you know, <laughs> within 20 minutes, we re-updated and said, you know what, we don't require it. But a lot can happen from that time until those 20 minutes. Yeah. And in river, stuff like that, 20 minutes is a lifetime. So yeah. if it's even a thought, get those resources going. 100%. Yes, that's that's the, the the other big thing for Swift War, too, is you got to remember, like, you know, just it's, with our fire gear, we can roll up to our, our cubbies, we grab our gear, we're in the truck, and we're ready to roll when we get off that truck. Yeah. That's how we do it. But when you do this as a Swift War team, you get there, and then you need to get dressed. You know how long it takes to get all of your safety gear on? Yeah. That's yeah. a that is a good ten minute dress. Like, it, and that's yeah. if you've got somebody helping you peel yourself into one of those suits yeah. and everything else that goes with it. Like, and that's why we do that. Stuff. That's why we do the quick stabilization first. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's lucky for us that when usually when people are in the water, it's hot out, so we don't necessarily need the dry suit. Um, like there's lots of times when I just went in with just PFD on and a helmet, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And like shorts. Like guys laugh because uh, even the other day we were doing this awareness thing and one of the guys like, well, we should at least wear our forestry gear. I'm like, why? Like if it's summertime, go in your shorts. I don't give a yeah. shit. Mm -hmm. Like wear your shorts down there because you're wearing the, the actual PPE you need is a helmet and a PFD. Right. <laughs> like yeah. you can be in your underwear. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we were writing the SOGs for the side by side. Uh, trying to say what level the PPE is required. And like immediately I'm like, well, any call that we go on is going to be either, you know, structural, which we shouldn't really be in the side-by-side -side in structural gear. So it's going to be in boots, pants, long sleeve, and a helmet. And then, well, wait a minute, but what if it's river? The only PPE you need is your helmet and a PFD. So... You can't really write that in then. So yeah. as long as you have, for the side-by-side, -side, a helmet, you are now covered off, and iPro, you are now covered off for your PPE. Um, and you kind of have to, with everything, dumb it down to the lowest level of, of, or the least level of what you should be wearing. Um, so for us, if it's in the middle of the summertime on a river call, um, guys aren't going to be getting changed. They're going to grab their helmet and a PFD and, and go. Tell you, I'll be grabbing boots too. Boots, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's the move. Mm -hmm. Or like a lot of guys that have they have crappy running shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, just works. not flip flops. No. Yeah. You wear sand like the kind of higher end like sandals like the like Crocs uh, and four wheel drive. 
No, but like the, you know, the, like they have like toes on the, they're like sandals with toes on them and stuff. Yeah. As long as they yeah. drain. Yeah. 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 They, have, think, they have to drain. That's I the think Grant, thing. Grant rocks those. Yeah. 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 Right. He does for sure. The big lace up ones. I think, yeah. But again, they just, they need to drain because otherwise yeah. they're just two weights on your Combat feet. Shoes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the um, um, what are they called? I can't remember what they're called. Atomics or no? No. They're like, um, they're, uh, Amphibious assault shoes. Mm. Yeah. For all those amphibious assaults that you get. Well, you, you haven't done the camping Yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> You don't know what happens. <laughs> but they but they have drain holes on them and they're designed. They're actually designed for. Uh, they're like Woobies. Woobies is another uh, another brand name, and they they drain and they are designed for water uh, water shoes. Yeah. And they look cool. Yeah. <laughs> they're like. Um, um, not Air Jordans, but they uh, chucks. Yeah, yeah, they look like chucks, but they're like combat chucks. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, sweet. That's pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much everything for the weekend. It was good. It was a good weekend. It's a long mm-hmm. weekend. It was uh, it was fun. It was taxing. It was hard. So good spin. But we learned a lot. Good. And we have a couple new guys that are now uh, trained up. Uh, at least where they're aware of what's going on. Uh, def- definitely not. Strong, but they're yeah, aware. They yeah, they wouldn't yeah. be the probably lead. The, the lead swimmer if there was other choices, but they are mm-hmm. definitely people that can jump in yeah. there now. And they've got those basics where they can build. Yeah, they've got the understanding, and yeah. I mean, from there we can now plan a couple of. But we plan a couple of scenarios, or at least mm-hmm. uh, a Thursday night training is dedicated. Okay, these guys are going to go in the water. We're going to set up this. Yeah. We're going to need our. Not experienced guys to do some throw bagging because we've been practicing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We can only get more training that way now from here. For sure. On. Yeah. And it's just like auto X, right? Um, you got 37 people standing around and yeah. there's only about six or seven guys worth of work to do. Um, but that stuff that as a team, like all of these specialized teams and skill sets, um, I was saying to you, Josiah, today, I'm like, take that crew, grab a handful of guys. And go swim. Yeah. That's going to be your best experience. Just go yeah. get more and more time in there. Uh, it's easy for me to say because I'm not doing it. <laughs> but uh, when it comes down to AutoX, I said to a couple guys, like, if we have cars left over and you want to go get hands-on tools, I will gladly... <laughs> Which we only have one car and it stinks. <laughs> yeah, so that's not that's the one. Cars getting burned. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do, I do remember doing that with right? Matt for sure. uh, a few years ago. And we started at our furthest point and floated all the way into town. Looking. We went. Was that during the low water? Yeah, it was we, low we water. A lot of it, but, that was, that but yeah, sucks. you should go at different times. Go yeah, because yeah, sure. we saw a lot of weird stuff when we were doing low water. There was so many dinghies and so many strainers yeah. and stuff that's going to get covered up when, when mm-hmm. the water would, comes high. Again. I would say even right now, with the water level now, a lot of those islands that we do find people trapped on, you're going to find a lot more trapped because. The islands are so much smaller, so much and all that debris underwater. and sticks and branches and trees that were growing oh, are either yeah. not yeah, as visible. Down. And mm-hmm. yeah, so 100%. If the water yep. level stays where it is, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't see our water dropping here for a while now, still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so nobody goes for a swim this weekend. 
Yeah, he's pretty ready. Hard pressed to not, to not the, see some floaters. Uh, back in the old. Uh, yeah, I was thinking actually, I'm, I'm going to come down. I'll come down tomorrow and I'll get all that squared away on the side there and restuff those throw bags. And... Nice. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it sounds like you guys had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Good. Uh, anyone else got anything to add? Did you hear about the breaking news? Most breaking news. I got to read the breaking news. You got to read it. Oh God. Oh yeah. Breaking news. Uh, the breaking news is, it's just getting on the news feed. 11 people and a monkey in a bulletproof vest killed in Mexican cartel shootout. <laughs> I mean, that's terrible, but it's also <laughs> awesome. So just for the, the monkey portion. I'm there. The, the monkey in the, the vest. The monkey was in a vest. So 11 people and a monkey in a bull- in bulletproof vest killed in Mexican cartel shootout. I like how they say it's bulletproof vest. So were killed. they all sharing the vest or was it multiple <laughs> vests? <laughs> the, the, They're not plural. Or was it just the monkey in a bulletproof vest? <laughs> uh, there's so much confusion <laughs> yeah. in my brain to try to. Did who who took the monkey to the shootout? <laughs> it just it's just like I got I got this new monkey man. He's got to come with us. We'll throw a vest on him at least. All right. Well, yeah. well, you've heard of a truck cartel. Here's a bulletproof monkey. Yeah. Well, you can't just leave a monkey at home. It's the bulletproof monkey. Bring your monkey to work, Dave. Yeah, because you bring, bring your monkey to work. <laughs> if you leave the monkey at home, he's gonna be throwing feces around. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> come. He's uh, gonna come with you. <laughs> Oh my god. When shit's going down, shit. you want yeah. shit thrown around. Hello, what's that? What's that? You ever watch Hitmonkey? No. You've never watched Hitmonkey? Yeah. No. Oh my god. Thing. You gotta it's watch that. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a Marvel. Like a, it's Marvel only like, like, like more like the boys Marvel. Oh really? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It's yeah, a cartoon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hitmonkey. <laughs> yeah. Hitmonkey. Sweet. I move it out. Great. Weird. Anyways. Sorry about the rest of the other people that died there. That was pretty sad. That cartel stuff's getting crazy. Well, evidently. Yeah. The yeah. old hit monkey. The old hit monkey. <laughs> any more for any more? Nope. No, that was Done. my that was my contribution. Uh, Mois. <laughs> Mois. <laughs> uh, so, like we said at the start of the show, um, watch for the video to drop. It's going to be coming up pretty quick. Um, the also what why they do these videos. Um, is to highlight firefighters uh, and obviously their gear. So they have their Snyder tool, force entry kit, uh, soft entry kit, uh, hydrant wrenches, bags, um, a number of items. Check them out on their social medias. Check them out on ours. We've got some video content of uh, some of their equipment as well. And if you like what you see, which you should, uh, DTFF5 gets you 5% off. Yeah, some good stuff there. Uh, stop the bleed. Uh, three methods of uh, massive hemorrhage control is um, uh, direct pressure, uh, wound, wound packing, packing, and tourniquet application. So make sure you have a good uh, good tourniquet. We always talk about that. Don't buy the shit stuff off a of wish. You had me concerned there that you were going to forget. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. Drifting um, off looking for yeah, that flying exactly. here. <laughs> thing flying. Um, yeah, make sure you have a good quality tourniquet. And uh, make the training fun. You know, make it high quality. Like, really throw it into some sims and the practice nights, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's a lot, a lot of fun. Um, once you start throwing those evolutions into a scenario. Um, yeah, you can see our stuff as well on all of our socials for that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the Tanner also. Uh, July 9th, uh, he's going to be here playing uh, some music. Country, yeah. country music, to be exact. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of old guy music, I think is what he calls it. Uh, which is like <laughs> classic kind of rock. 
Um, so our age? Yeah, our age. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, if you and if you can't make it to our party on July 9th, then uh, check them out on Spotify or wherever you listen to music. Sure. <laughs> Is it MySpace? <laughs> My, MySpace, yes. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you'd like to get tickets, I'm sure we can figure yes. out a way of getting them to you. So if you do want to come out to our... Oh, you don't have to get them to you. There's a will call now. We have the, we have the technology to do e-transfers and will call. Oh, there you go. We are fancy. What just happened? Oh, yeah. Stepped it up. Yeah, I like it. Well, there you go. Come, come buy tickets. Come, come visit us. And, yeah, have sure. a beer and have some good times with some country music. Yeah, drinks, burgers, snacks. Yeah. Punch Carl in the face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Five bucks to punch Carl in the mouth. It's great. <laughs> five. <laughs> All right, maybe ten. I was gonna say it's gone up since last year. <laughs> uh, and then you've obviously got us as well. So you can find us on the Facebook, the YouTube, the Instagrams, and the TikToks, and all the other fun stuff. We post our videos. We post. Uh, videos of other people's stuff, anything that we find interesting or important that we'd like to share with you. So please, if you do have a minute, take a look, subscribe there as well. And again, if you are listening to us on whatever podcast app you are listening to us on, we greatly appreciate it. If you would just pop over, give us a rate and a like and a review, it all helps us get to more and more ears. So yeah, thanks everyone. And uh, again, that's fantastic. We appreciate your time. Mm-hmm. Any more guys? No, sir. Ash. Thanks, have a good night. Scott. Good night. Rob. Good night. Todd. Have a good night. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe. Stay easy. Have fun.